We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. And welcome to yet another episode of Union of the Unknowns. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have your company. And I extend that thank you to my friend Ashley. Hello, Ashley, Think Change Repeat. How are you? Hello, I'm very well. How are you? I'm happy to be here with y'all. Always happy to have your lovely face and your lovely input. And we have a special guest here, Mr. Rob from Black Labs Podcast. He is an interesting cat and we are so happy to have him join us here on The Unknowns for the first time. This is a bit of a swap cast. Rob is also from, uh, well, involved with the Easy Peasy podcast sometimes. You can find him on there with us. And a man of many, many masks. But uh, we'll get to that. G'day, Rob. How are you going? You know, all those masks get me in trouble, right? <laughs> You're always in trouble. Some people don't appreciate that. Es- especially <laughs> when, I bring, when I bring extra lube. They don't like that. <laughs> Rob, do you consider yourself problem. to be the mad scientist as you are sometimes referred to uh i'm mad but not intentionally so so <laughs> they made me do it like hunter biden snorting the parmesan cheese they oh, made yes. him do it just ask him he'll tell you listen there's an opening for the line stella the great reset the Right. Yes, yes. Yes. The great reset. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, we've had that one. Yeah. That, <laughs> we might even call that episode. <laughs> the great reset with Rob. Yes, indeed. What the heck's going on in your world these days, Mr. Rob, uncle Rob. We call yes. you uncle Rob. Yeah. Uncle Rob. <laughs> AKA crazy uncle Rob, AKA <laughs> the guy no one can borrow money from cause I'm broke. So, um, what's going on? Holy crap. You know, today was like a start and stop day, right? It's like I go and I get started on this one thing over here and then I'm missing a part or something and then I find something else wrong and I'm like, well, okay, so let's go on to this other thing. So I go do the other thing, get so far on that thinking I'm going to get that finished (laughs) and then no. And then I have somebody cancel out on an appointment um, who I was waiting for and I'm like, no. Okay, so uh, let me go do this other thing. So I go to do the other thing, and then I realize that, well, holy crap, we got daylight savings time. Well, actually, yeah. I think it's daylight's losing time this time, right? <laughs> it's the losing in this. Are you talking about Stella or us? Because here in the States, we are going to lose. We're going to fall back. Yeah. Yeah. We do, oh, okay. Do daylight so losing time. You are actually in daylight saving at the moment, are you, Rob? I don't know. They keep changing. Oh, you're talking it. about you're talking about my daylight saving. Oh yeah, you guys got it too, right? That's why yeah, I wanted to that check. Was, that was like okay. last night. It really threw me. It was. I, I practiced all week to make sure I was going to get the right time and not miss this. So, <laughs> like, that's why I was I like, I better ask. Because I'm like, yeah. wait, she's got daylight savings time. I don't know. Do we have daylight savings time? Why can't we all do this crap at the same time? If it's uh, about yeah. time, how about we time it so it's time together? <laughs> Correct. We... Because ours That'd is be nice. next month. Yeah. 
That's what threw me yeah. off. I'm like, holy crap. Ah, what's going on? Where's what's our time? I don't know. And I'm looking <laughs> on my phone. I'm like, well, it didn't really change that much. So what the hell is going on here? So it just it blows my mind that I am now an extra hour in the future to you guys than I was yesterday. You're gonna know even more, Stella, than you already did. <laughs> it's, you, you'll it's know way more other things you don't. It's a lot All of the pressure, bad stuff. But listen, I want lottery numbers. It's yeah. time. Well, to, it's time to pay up. You know what that Alanis Morissette song is? Won the lottery and died the next day. Careful what you wish for, you know. Oh, yeah. yes. The lotteries are a scam anyway. <laughs> I know. Epstein keeps the winning them all. I still want the money. <laughs> Epstein wins them and he's dead. How does that work? <laughs> yes. How many did he win? Like four, five, something like that. It's ridiculous. I don't know about this. He won the lottery. Yeah, um, he was setting up these. Well, it was kind of a racket where they were rigging the lottery. Oh, okay. And Gee, they were winning surprise. it all the damn time. But he wasn't winning it directly, right? It's like another Hunter Biden thing where it's like, well, I, somebody else was the bag man. I just did all the work and they got the money. But then inevitably they give me the, the money. So, but it's totally, I totally uh, was not influenced by that at all. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That had escaped me. Yes, it's all just, I've always thought it's a, just a money laundering situation exercise. I mean, yeah, I don't know anyone who's ever won it. And probably the people who have won it, maybe they're setups. Who knows? We don't well, know anything anymore, that do won we? It. One person that won the big one, he won like 200 million, I think it was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's an insane amount of money too, isn't it? It's just incredible. Yeah, and I think that was his, I think, yeah, that up until that time, I think it was like the second largest. It was in the 90s, late 90s when he won it. Right. So, so is he still your friend? <laughs> no. Any more questions? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, he's dead. So how about oh, that Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And he was quite a bit younger than me. So go figure. Yeah. Uh, now, I know some people that have won, but it's been smaller smaller amounts so i know someone who won like this was like just post covid times like a hundred thousand um which was obviously i wouldn't turn my nose up at a hundred thousand and then somebody who has won like i think a hundred thousand maybe a couple times and won a couple cars but this has been like over the years and they certainly didn't win enough to like make them super rich or anything oh, i have no doubt they've you know, there's legitimacy. There has to be, otherwise, it would just be completely obvious, wouldn't it? But um, I think overall, yeah, it's scammy. Yeah. But you know, what isn't these days? I think the big jackpots will always be reserved for mm. the uh, setup crowd. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then, yeah, and then you get the. Sorry, mate. Oh, I was just gonna say, probably funnel it to like Black Ops or you know something, exactly. something like that. Yeah, just dig out the bunker a little bit deeper. Put in, put in some nice curtains. Yeah. Well, to to that point, uh, does anybody want to go there about the WalMarts and the NGOs yeah. who are basically raping the taxpayers while raping the children? Mm, I, saw I do. I do want to go there. I was also hoping, though, that I could have the the veil lifted a bit on the mystery that is. Crazy Uncle Rob, you know? Oh. <laughs> because yeah, we'll go I don't, there a little later. 
Okay, because I don't know, uh, you know, your backstory, how you got in this community. Why do you have a radio voice? Because you sound like you have, like you're a radio yeah. host. Are you from upstate New York? You sound like you are. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about Uncle Rob first. <laughs> okay, so the upstate New York voice. Well, it's a combination of upstate New York and Chicago. So uh, my ancestry moved through Buffalo at some point and then ended up in Chicago and some of them in Pittsburgh. A lot of, about, I'd say maybe 80% of my ancestry is metalworking on all sides. So that's kind of interesting. If we're not working metal, we're lawyers usually or engineers. So are you originally from upstate or were you born and raised in Chicago? Chicago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Calumet City, Illinois, same place that the Blues Brothers are from. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, that's why your humor is as it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to have a good sense of humor to live there and not put a bullet in yourself. I mean, that place is depressing. So Chicago. Yes, I've heard this. Um, yeah. Chicago. Especially in the 80s, 70s and 80s. It was pretty nasty. So. Right. Yeah. Although my and wife is um, not only my better half but my happier half because she grew up uh, where they, if I recall where they did like 16 candles in the breakfast club, up, upper middle-class area uh, near Skokie, which is where all the Nazis are, ironically enough. So <laughs> if you it, saw Blues Brothers, <clears throat> yeah, Skokie, Illinois. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's an American lady, if you don't mind going no. there. No, she's Korean. Right. Okay. Oh. Funny Do you mind thing if about I ask that. how you met? Because I love knowing how people meet. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, good. <laughs> and it involves Dennis Rodman. <laughs> if you oh, can believe really? that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be good. Fuck okay. love everyone. Did, so. <laughs> was he the matchmaker because he's BFF with uh, Kim Jong-un? Yes. Oh, let me tell you something about that. <laughs> so. All right. And Billy Corrigan. And Dennis Rodman used to hang out, right? Yep. So I only worked security maybe two weeks um, at a place called uh, Kaboom, okay, which is mm -hmm. a nightclub. And I quit there because the commute was too far and I was already working like two jobs when going to school at the same time. So um, anyway, long story a little bit shorter. Um gets around that I, I speak North Korean. Okay. Mm -hmm, That's right. what I was in the military for. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So Impressive. I was supposed to be a, I was one of the few people to actually get all the way through the school and uh, actually pass the fluency test at the end, even though I didn't even finish. So like right. the last couple months or whatever, or month and a half, um, I missed those classes. Um, at five years after I got out of the military, I took the test and somehow <laughs> freaking passed the fluency test. If you can believe that I did pretty good on it. Um, so you had an interval of five years. Yeah. Wow. That's, I can understand. Yeah. That would be difficult because you sort of have to keep speaking something to keep it fresh. Don't you? Well, I was, I, preferably, you know, I, most people, <laughs> I had, a, I had a, I had a crutch in that I was using phenylprastam, even when it was illegal. So, 
um, that tends to help you retain a lot of information. So, okay. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but it's let's a nootropic drug that they were testing in the military for intelligence and spec ops people and pilots okay. and stuff in okay. the late 80s, early 90s. And right. I managed to get some through a connection I had in the Navy SEAL teams. <laughs> so anyways, whatever. They felt sorry it for worked. me. Yeah, it did. It helped. I mean, I actually went from like D's to like B's and A's. So wow. there I was literally getting ready to wash out. So okay. that got me through to school. Anyway, somebody gets it around that I speak Korean. And Dennis Rodman, he, somebody says, hey, uh, there's a guy up there in the VIP room that wants to talk to you. I was like, who? Just go up there. Okay. So I trot my ass up there to go see what's going on. And there's somebody that I think is Billy Corrigan. I don't know. And then there's a big black guy. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> pretty hard to mistake know, him here no no this is chicago hold on okay <laughs> this is chicago in the early 90s so right. in the club there may have been two or three different guys that you could have mistaken for him oh, okay okay it's that look and that size etc wasn't too uncommon okay okay so i go up there Blah, blah. He says, Hey, uh, they say that you speak North Korean dialect. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, well, say something for me. So I'm like, you know, simple things. Right. And he goes, wow, that was quick. He goes, are you just lying to me? <laughs> I, go, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't I don't think all the uh, 18 hour days I did for almost a year and a half means that I'm lying to you. He goes, what? I go, yeah, it was an, I went to military school for it. He goes, oh, they didn't tell me that. So we get to talking, blah, blah, blah. And he's literally ADHD off the scale. So within about five sentences, he's looking at some Asian girls that are down on the floor. And he said, well, go speak Korean to them and tell them to come up and talk to me. And I go, just cause they look, they don't, that doesn't yeah. mean that they're Korean. Wondering about that. I was like, what are you telling me to do here, man? I was, I was like, why don't you go talk to him? He goes, no, no. He goes, I scare all the hoes. <laughs> I, go, I go, well, yeah, a big black guy going up to him. He goes, what? And I go, well, you know, I mean, let's be honest. He goes, I oh, know. I'm just kidding with you. Like, <laughs> Thank goodness. Okay. I thought you were thinking like I called you a bad word or something. <laughs> he goes, and, uh, he goes, well, he goes, go talk to him anyway and see if they'll come up here. So I get down there and I'm pretty sure it's three girls together. I'm pretty sure it's what then ends up being my wife and her two friends, but it's so dark and so foggy. I couldn't really tell, but mm -hmm. the one girl, which was, I, I presuming my, was my wife. I was like, oh, she's too hot. I'm going to. I'm going to try and skim this one off for myself, you know, <laughs> and so Hit the good bits. Yeah. And I was just like, this is just creepy anyway. How is this even going to work? I, you know, so I was like, well, all right. So I went up and I just talked to them about some generic shit. Right. I didn't even like try to use my Korean or anything. Cause I knew pretty much at least one of them wasn't Korean. She was right. too dark. So I was mm -hmm. like, well, that's not going to work. So this is just going to be weird. 
Yeah. So I act like I'm talking to them. For some reason, the girl who I, I'm pretty sure is my wife now walks off. Again, Asians, lots of flashing lights, loud music, and yeah. fog, you know? Yeah. So Understandable. Yeah. So I, I'm a little bit disoriented, and I'm thinking to myself mostly, what the hell am I doing? I don't even... Okay. So I talked to him, Hey, how's it going? Hey, did you, do you want to come up to the VIP room for a little bit? There's people up there. I'll, I'll give you an invite to set it. No, no, we're getting ready to leave. We're going over to, um, trying to remember the other club that they said they were going to. I want to say it was smart bar. We're going to smart bar. That's one of the other places I used to hang out at a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. Because now that helped me. Cause I'm like, oh, so they go to smart bar a lot. Hmm. Okay, cool. So I just kind of put that in my little mental Rolodex and <laughs> walked away. And as I'm walking up the stairs to go let Rodman know what's going on, he's gone. And Billy Corgan's <laughs> sitting there and I go, Hey, I said, so he's gone. He goes, dude, like, why do you even try, man? He goes. <laughs> He's not going to stay anywhere for more than a couple of minutes, man. I don't know. Uh, I'm like, okay. oh, okay. Just tell him I was here, I guess. He's like, yeah, whatever. This is when Billy Corgan was, was in his super dick phase to everyone when he was having problems with the band and stuff. Right. 93, 94, right after they got big and they started fighting. So he was an asshole to everybody. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah. So then about... Let's see, that happened in late August. Mm -hmm. I quit the job there. And then I go to one of my other places that I like to hang out at, at the Dome Room. Now, the Dome Room has a history in that it was used as a shipwreck uh, holding area for bodies. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. So, but before hang on, that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. A yeah. shipwreck holding room what is that i mean is that what they call a place where you store bodies is it or well oh you so mean boat bodies what i'm saying is there was there was a big oh, shipwreck okay you can look it up it's 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 yeah. out there and they've done they matter of fact it's so haunted and has so many weird things that go down in it that they actually cannot keep staff and they have to close it down every few years it never stays open for more than a few years so, okay because Sounds everyone intriguing. just quits. So it was a, it was a Masonic temple, a big right. one, okay. like probably one of the mm -hmm. biggest ones in Chicago, one of the older ones too. And it was also one of the only places that had air conditioning. So right. shipwreck occurs. They've got no place to store the bodies. They don't want the bodies to bloat and rot before the people can identify them. So they bring it there and crank the AC. Make okay. sense? Yep. I think they had an ice maker too. So they were running the ice maker and icing the bodies also. So, so how, how often do shipwrecks happen? I mean, this must be a regular occurrence to no, have. No, this, it's not, it's not designated as such. It was just that because they, they used that. Okay. Got it. They had the air condition and the more didn't. So I understand. Right. And they had so many bodies. It was like not even worth it to try and bring them to the morgue. There was no room. So okay. anyways, uh, so I'm there and actually the smashing pumpkins, I think just played ironically enough. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. So, 
Yeah. So I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> I was cheap. And so I waited until the concert was over and then just went, cause after the concerts, then they would be open for a time and then just have regular nightclub, uh, DJs. Mm -hmm. So I waited out there and then went in and I was there all night and I was like, okay, well, it's getting a little boring. And for some reason, the sound was like too loud. If that can, if there can be a such thing in a nightclub, just way too loud. So yeah, yep. I was starting to kind of get a such a thing. Yeah. And, and there wasn't enough people there and it was supposed to it was be, loud. let's see, 1994, the Halloween party uh, for 1994 mm -hmm. and super loud. And not many people there yet. And I was starting to get a headache from it, you know, and back then I was working the two jobs. And so I was up, I'd been up for quite a while. So I told my buddy, I said, Hey, let's, let's go ahead and get out of here. Let's call it good. And so we're getting ready to leave. And as we're getting ready to leave, I'm like, Nope, we can't leave. Hold on. <laughs> so I see her in line. And so I asked my buddy who's working there, I said, Hey, can you get her in for free? And he's like, what's her name? I'm like, just get that, that girl, <laughs> just <laughs> let her in for free. Let that girl in for free. <laughs> so anyways, um, and he didn't, I don't think he did it. <laughs> I don't think it got, <laughs> got to them in time or something. So anyways, well, I go up to talk a bit to of destiny, her. Wasn't it to, to spot her? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, you know, uh, just as we're walking out yet. So then she's on the dance floor for a little bit and I'm trying to get a, a vibe from her and see like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Yes. I don't know what, what am I going to do? I don't feel real good. So I got a headache. Yeah. Mm. Now let's just go ahead. And so I waited a little bit. I wanted to see if she was meeting a guy there or something. That was another mm -hmm. thing. So I waited a little bit and I was like, okay, I, I'll go over and talk to her. So trying to remember what song was playing i want to say i want to say i think it was front 242 no shuffle pretty sure or no 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 i'm sorry it was uh sisters of mercy oh. and so i was like cool <laughs> something nice and romantic <laughs> i can live with that <clears throat> well it was either now or never that's where we were at that point um because my headache was just screaming at the point i, I was like mm -hmm. i gotta go i gotta figure something yeah. out so i met her and got, I talked to her in Korean and she goes, I don't know what you said, but it's really cute. <laughs> and, uh, she's like, if you want to like go out later, just let me know. And, you know, we'll exchange phone <laughs> numbers English. and stuff. And I was like, oh, she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't speak Korean hardly at all. And I don't, I don't even really understand it that well. I was like, oh, so Although later I found out she was playing me. She was just oh. doing that to mess with me. So that's, uh, that's very uh, awesome. funny. Good for her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> like her. So she was just doing that to mess with me. She does nice. speak a little bit of Korean and she understands most of it, but she doesn't understand. Problem is she doesn't understand my, my accent, my dialect. So. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I can you know imagine. What's funny is, so I've had to mediate arguments between her and her mom <laughs> because her mom is frustrated. And when her mom's frustrated, she can't speak English. Right. So she tells okay. me, tell her that I said to do whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like, why the hell do I end up in the middle of this shit? You know, you just do. Um, 
Yeah. Can I ask? Can I ask? Have you ever visited North Korea? Oh God, no! Are you kidding me? They, matter of fact, they made it a point to make sure we even like because we were. I was in intelligence. They didn't even want us to go to Korea necessarily with the particular job they had because they were worried about undue influence. You know, the thing that we don't care about when Biden and the rest of them do it. You know what I'm talking about, right? That thing. The thing. <laughs> the, <laughs> no. the thing. You mean bribery, extortion, uh, the, criminal you know, activity. Our, hey, the thing. You know what I'm talking about here? Yeah? Come, Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> right. Uh, the thing. Yes. So, so you speak you speak North Korean, did you say? Like North Korean and South Korean are different, like slightly yes. or very. Um, it's mostly just the dialect. It's like similar to, you know, speaking. I don't know, speaking like a down south dialect versus a northern Minnesota dialect, right? Right, which okay. is more influenced by Nordic languages mm -hmm. and then pennsylvania which is influenced more by german right mm -hmm. so it's it's basically like that and one of the things that north korea did which was interesting is they got rid of all the chinese influence which i find interesting because they always seem to be in bed with the chinese and yet mm -hmm. they decided to take all the well a good majority of the words that were based on Chinese words that were mm -hmm. borrowed because there's a lot of borrowed Chinese between yep. Japanese, Korean, even Vietnamese has some words that are based on Chinese characters and Chinese words. Mm -hmm. um, well, I guess if you went over of... the history of um, people movement, that would all make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of exchange. So mm. inevitably so. Because there's, you know, geography, right? Yeah, exactly. So they decided that they were going to make their language somewhat distinct and get rid of all the, quote, outside cultural influences, one of which was China. And so a lot of the words are different, but wow. the grammar for the most part is the same. The pronunciations are different, just like pronunciations for words if you're using a Southern drawl or something are different, right? Right. So that's really the majority of it. And they count differently. You know, they only count in standard Korean. They do not use the Chinese counting system. Okay. Uh, so there's things like that. Just separated themselves as much as possible right down to the language. Yeah. And changed the language. That sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? Mm, sure. New speak. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, and that is always one of the first things they do to control the population, right? Mm, you have to create... Probably wrongs right yes so you create the wrongs that way then you're more right and you always have you're always operating or the party is always operating from a position of higher righteousness right because they're dictating yeah. these wrongs yep. so. two wrongs definitely make a wrong these days yes <laughs> it's all so, inverted <laughs> so that's how my wife and i met and you know it was even more funny me not knowing so we decide we're going to meet up the next day. Mm -hmm. So we're meeting up at this place called, oh, I want to say it's called like the, the tree house or something like that. I forget. Mm -hmm. Anyways, turns out there's about 10 of those restaurants. It's a huge chain in Chicago. <laughs> oh, no. She just told me, meet me there. Like thinking I knew what the hell one she was talking about. <laughs> 
So <laughs> the next morning, what I end up having to do is she calls me on my phone. I say, okay, I'm on my way. And I go into Chicago and I go to one that was near where the nightclub that we met at was, where the dome room was. Assuming that that's the one she, yeah, assuming the one she would meet, uh, what she would have meant in that. So go to that one. Hmm. I'm like, God, I don't know what the hell's going on here. And then anyone saying an Asian girl. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh shit. So yeah, especially in that area of Chicago, tons of Koreans. So like they're everywhere and saying, Hey, did you say Asian chick? It's like, (laughs) <laughs> yes. Look in any direction. Um, so, and also too, yeah, that Koreatown is close to where that nightclub was. It's not too far away. So I right. just assumed that was the one. She didn't tell me where she lived. Good for her. Who knows how that would have turned out? I don't know. So anyway, so I go, okay. Oh God. I go up to the person at the desk, uh, at the, uh, reception area where the hostess is. And I say, you know, think I'm getting stood up or there's something else wrong. And I said, how many of these are there in Chicago? She goes, Oh honey, there's like 25 of them. I'm like, Holy (laughs) shit. So I'm like, okay. No mobile phones at that stage. No, it's 1994. Yes. So I go, okay. So I said, I I've, I've got like a, got like a weird request for you (laughs) can i possibly borrow your phone and randomly call every (laughs) every one of your branches to see if my girlfriend's there she's like now you knew her name at this point obviously yeah you don't need to say it but yeah no and she goes oh my god she goes that's the most freaking romantic thing i've ever heard here go ahead (laughs) so i was like and she goes oh my god i'm like that like hesitation i'm like she's gonna say no shit and then she's like yeah here so there i was for like 20 minutes (laughs) calling calling each one and i actually found her if you can believe that shit (laughs) so how far away was she yeah what's that how far away was she from your location of that restaurant? But she was only like a few miles. They're 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 kind of packed in in a okay. fairly small area. I'm trying to remember. It's called the Double Tree, I think, maybe or something like that. Anyways, oh, so yeah, well, that's an awesome. So you ended up meeting up that night, and the rest is history. Yeah, then we agreed to go someplace where there's only one of, <laughs> because. <laughs> Unfortunately, we were hitting the breakfast rush because of that time, that wait out yeah. time. We had gotten there at the optimum time and now it was getting a little late. So all the people from church and all that crap are coming in. And so they were <laughs> packed. So we're like, okay, l- let's go to a place we know there's only one of in all of Chicago and I'll meet you there. So we went to the uh, cabaret. Uh, we went to the, yeah, Cafe Voltaire um, in Chicago and met there. And first time I saw her, I was like, oh my God, I got to put a ring on this. This is awesome. (laughs) So that was pretty much it. And she tells me that 
I lie about that part of it. I go, I told you I was going to marry you like the first damn day. Shut the hell up. So <laughs> stop lying. So that's an uh, excellent story. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's how that went. It was pretty convoluted and cuckoo, but uh, yeah, you don't even want to know how the rest of our life went. It is even more cuckoo. -er. Yeah. But, I, well, I actually am curious because yeah. what is, what is takes a military guy, you know, in Chicago, you're, you're learning Korean, all this stuff. And then you're out, you meet her, you end up in, um, you know, in New Mexico and you got the, the black lab behind you. Like, where does the name come from? The pot, all that stuff. I'm curious. Well, the, the black lab actually is a mishearing of the theme song from Repo Man. <laughs> so a, is Repo it's, it's Man a, a movie? Yeah. Okay. About aliens in New Mexico, in Los Alamos in particular, because ever since I was a little kid, I wanted, so that's why I got into, before I was military intelligence, I was on a nuke crew. And the idea being that all the certifications I got from being on a nuclear missile crew would then later carry over when I went to college, I would get the, the clearance, the certifications, uh, the nuclear surety certifications, et cetera. And then I would go to school and then go work as an engineer at Los Alamos, which I kind of did, mm -hmm. um, minus all the mishaps in between on my way to get to that point. Um, including, you know, working for Raytheon, uh, missile systems in Tucson and, uh, working for Raytheon in Indianapolis and then working at the ballistics test lab over in Marion, Illinois with explosives and all that sort of thing. So finally I go, okay, we're moving to New Mexico because I got a really good job offer at Intel. Although I know it wasn't long-term just because of the ebb and flow of the semiconductor industry and the way it works, but I figured it would get me into New Mexico. And then from there I can end up in Los Alamos and I did. And then things got weird at Los Alamos, which is why eventually I decided to start the podcast because I had a real fear for my life uh, because of an incident that occurred at Los Alamos and subsequently all the arrests and everything that went down because of it. I had to testify in front of uh, Department of Energy representatives and the whole nine yards. So, Wow. Yeah. Mm, okay. So it, can we ask what year this was that you started your podcast? Uh, the year was 20, was uh, October 2020. Right. Okay. That's when... The guy who I'd whistleblow blew on, um, they actually started the investigation in earnest and then the whole investigation into Sheriff Lujan and the, uh, the interference, uh, and all the other charges that came with that started to blow up. And I was like, I had tried to go public at least a handful of times about the situation at Los Alamos. I talked with, I forget who it was. It was Rob Dew at the time, Infowars. Um, okay. Called, uh, called in and tried to, basically, I was just going to bomb him with it. I was just going to be one of those, you know how sometimes on Alex Jones, a caller gets on 
and they're talking about one subject and then he drops a bomb and then Alex just does a run with him. <sighs> yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's yep. like a whistleblower or somebody with insider information, something mm -hmm. like that. Yes. And I figured I would do that, but they blocked me. So <laughs> that wasn't mm -hmm. going to happen. Um, and I sent an email to Infowars. He turned it down. I sent, uh, I, I talked with Eddie Aragon here to try and get some publicity on it because I figured that was going to be the safest route. Yeah. Um, yep. When things started to go down, mm -hmm. uh, because I, I couldn't get any satisfaction from the labs at all. They wouldn't reinstate my position. Uh, right after I whistle blew, they, they, uh, laid me off. They had one of the only, one of the only layoffs they had had in like 20 something years or 17 years, something like that. So it was definitely a targeted layoff mm, Yep, sounds just like to it. deal with my case because the guy who I whistle blew on his family has a long legacy at Los Alamos and they didn't want the bad publicity because mm -hmm. at the time they were taking bids for operation of the labs at the time. And if you remember that time period between about 2016 to 2018 or so, 2019, the labs were only on an interim contract. So they were not fully contracted. And excuse me, part of that reason was because they had too many nuclear mishaps one of which involved putting too much plutonium together and almost ending up with a, a nuclear radiation release, basically a criticality. So, Holy moly. Yeah. So was yeah. It, was it, it's incredible when you, you, it's stuff you really would rather not know about because if we really knew how fragile life truly is, whether you believe in nukes or not, <laughs> Um, yeah, it would, it would be quite concerning. I don't think we'd get anything done because we'd all be worried. As far as nuclear is concerned, if anyone's interested in looking it up, look up the demon core. That was the first such critical incident that occurred at Los Alamos where they had too much plutonium in too close a proximity. And the demon core, C-O-R-E. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, can you please, I'm sorry, as an ignorant Australian, I could look it up, but I'll just ask. Los Alamos is where? Is that Texas? Sounds Texas-y. No, no, that's uh, northern New Mexico. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I give, forgive my ignorance. I wasn't there on that day for geography. <laughs> be, be glad you weren't. <laughs> that's for sure. So, and everybody goes through the same cool. testing at Los Alamos, and somehow we do things like we lose hundreds of pounds of plutonium. Um, yeah, right. We, uh, we put too much plutonium together and then bring visitors in to come see it because we sure would like them to be burned to death in a radio in their radiation blast. Right. That would be cool. So. Wow. So, okay. Well, you're officially, what's your title? I suppose what you're an engineer. Yeah. What, what sort of, is there a description? Uh, I've in the past, I've been an instrumentation engineer. I've been a engineering technologist. Um, so it's kind of just a generic term at this point. Just, I just go by engineer. A lot of people don't like that because I never did finish my four-year degree, but I have 230 some odd credit hours in various mm -hmm. technical and engineering subjects. So I think I'm pretty safe to call myself an engineer. I'm not too worried yeah. about it. 
just because yeah, I didn't get a stupid piece of paper. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and, and that's the thing I've, I can't tell you how many times I've had engineers, real engineers ask me where I got my master's degree from. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> I went school to school and I dropped exactly. out, but well, and a lot of it too is because I, I continue to study on my own. So a lot yeah. of times things that they've long forgotten end up popping up and I have it off the top of my head, whereas they have to go and look it up. So exactly. Yeah. It's, it's good to, to reconnect with, it's good to reconnect with basics. Um, isn't it every now and then, because yeah, there's always something that you might rediscover. I'm telling you, it saved my life a couple of times being able to have those facts and figures like right there. Right. When somebody's about to make a bad decision and I've, I've had it happen where I'm like, no, if you do that, you're going to cause a safety problem. And here, and here's why, you know, um, for example, my amateur chemistry saved a guy from being life flighted off of a, uh, well, out of an oil field to a hospital. What had happened is, um, he was using these wipes that we use that are degreaser wipes. Mm -hmm. and like alcohol what, up, what? Um, no, there's no alcohol in it. It's citrix, citric okay. acid. Mm -hmm. So anyways, they work really well, but he was like, oh, it's dirty. So he rubs it on himself. He takes the sample at that point and then goes, oh my God, my blood sugar is through the roof. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you, but I've seen people with high blood sugar. You look fine. Mm -hmm. He's like, not according to this. And I'm like, do it again. So I watch what he does. He uses a nut, takes another wipe, wipes some stuff with it, does it. And I'm going, and it, again, it's through the roof. He should be dead. Right. So that's the first thing I'm like, okay, reality check here. You're not dead. You don't feel bad. Do you? He's like, I'm a little hungry, but I go, okay, that's the opposite of what should be happening. You, you shouldn't be hungry and feel sleepy necessarily. You would think that would be low blood sugar, not high blood. So I was like, okay, give me a second. So I said, wait, where'd you get that wipe from? And I said, you know what? Here, do this. Use the, we had, we had a container of alcohol. I said, here, mm -hmm. spray this on it and take another measurement on another part of your body. So he does it and it turns out it's okay. So then I look on the container of the original wipe and it ends up having glycol in it. Glycol and glucose will both. So glycol is a glucose alcohol. Oh, so wow. what he was doing was he was wiping it on his skin. His skin was absorbing it. And then he was taking the, the pinprick sample right there mm -hmm. and reading the glycol. Oh, right. Wow. Are, th are those the wipes that smell like orange? Like yes. very... Yes. yes, we uh, when I worked in manufacturing, we used them because they clean the hell out of everything, but they smell great, like a fresh orange. Yes, they smell really good, and they literally have oranges and lemons and that in them. So, and yeah, they'll take anything off. I mean, it, it it's great um, without damaging or drying up your hands too bad. That's the other mm. great thing about yeah, them. Yeah, so. they. I mean, they were really something, and they would come in these like big tubs, and you pull them out. Yes. And it ha would have like the plastic thing that would catch it. And it smelled like orange essential oil. I mean, they were delightful. <laughs> nice. yeah. They need to have a warning on those because I've heard that yeah. that is a big problem 
with people getting false readings from their blood glucose levels because they use one of those citrus wipes. Wow. They didn't foresee that one, did they? (laughs) There's a lot of people out there. I'm sure there's a lot of people who got life flighted or maybe even put in a nearly a coma by being hit with insulin to deal with a high glucose problem. Yeah. And they probably wouldn't have a clue how it happened because how many people would relate it back to a little wipe? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pass that info along. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there, there really needs to be like a bulletin out there about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A big, big warning on the packet, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Something. So, uh, um, and I did have a question too, Rob. Uh, So you, are obviously awake now to the immense corruption that is has infiltrated the every every um inch every institution that is associated with the government in this country now was that new to you since this stuff happened like 2020 were you were you like oh it all is coming together or you knew but you were just trying to just do your thing in an industry, just have your job, feed your family, all that stuff in something that you didn't realize was as corrupt uh, as it turned out to be? Or or how did that go? Well, so background behind that is <laughs> my great grandmother was a big proponent of basically ensuring that you had things like gold, you had things like silver. You had tangibles and she was in the depression and it definitely changed her outlook on a lot of things. And she was kind of almost an anarchist, I guess. Um, So there was that. And she taught me that, you know, the only real money is gold and silver, et cetera. And then um, (laughs) oddly enough, uh, we moved to, public housing at some point in the Chicago land area. Uh, long story behind that, but bottom line was then I started running into, obviously we were like one of only about two or three non black families. And, uh, but a lot of them were very much into the, um, African-American freedom and, or, uh, I guess, uh, how can you say it? Separatist movements like Black Panthers, etc. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, uh, I learned a lot about conspiracy just from talking to them and their parents. So then I started to question a few things. And then in high school, my English teacher gave me a copy of um, None Dare Call It Conspiracy by, Gal- by Gary Allen uh, because I wrote a report <laughs> about about Ronald Reagan being a pimp. <laughs> so <laughs> he goes, I don't know what the hell you're doing, kid. So um, I'm going to have to get that beeper here in a minute. So I'm going to finish this sentence and then I'm going to break off. But he's like, I don't know what All you're right. doing, kid. But here, you want to know about real conspiracies? Because we Iran-Contra was going on at the time. If anyone remembers that with Oliver North and all that. Yep. And so he's like, if you want to know how this all works here, you're going to do a book report on this. Cause he goes, cause I gave you a zero on your Ronald Reagan pimping hose uh, report. <laughs> so you're gonna, you're gonna do a, a report 
Han, none dare call it conspiracy. And I read that and I would, I had already kind of been in tune with that. Even when I was a little kid, I would watch, like I watched the church hearings when I was like three or four. Oh yeah. yeah. I was like fascinated by that shit. Mm. So my dad was like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, but I, I would just, I was just trying to figure out what they're talking about, you know? And then I would see the things that they were talking about. My dad would watch and he'd be like, oh shit, you don't need to be watching this. We're going to turn that off right now. So, uh, and so he would turn it off on me and make me go outside or watch cartoons or some crap. Um, you know, where they're talking about like the heart attack gun and all that shit. And, yeah. Uh, the yeah. brothels and all that. My dad's like, oh no, 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 no. We're going <laughs> to, you've, you've had enough NPR for today. <laughs> <laughs> so the black families that you were living around and amongst and having these, hearing these discussions, I'm guessing that a big thing that they discussed was the CIA, uh, interference in their communities. Like yes. it was well known at that time. That's exactly what I thought. That was like an 80, 80, 81 in that time frame. People and if used I recall, to know that. What's that? They used to know that, you know, it's like that understanding of how the communities have been disrupted, especially black people. They knew that. Exactly. You know? But it, it seems that all of that was, is now forgotten, especially with Obama. Like it was like, a, we're just going to sweep this under the rug. Like we, we forget that we knew that they introduced crack into our communities intentionally. Mm. Yeah, but Mr. Easy Sweep uh, swept it under his rug along with his uh, wife's penis. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, Pretty no, much. just go ahead and uh, sweep uh, that under the rug. We need a bigger rug. We need a yes. bigger rug. Uh, they probably got the tuck-friendly swimsuit from Target <laughs> this year. With a nice flag on the front. Did you ever, you ever heard of, you ever heard of the Circle Jerks? They have that song called Operation. No. no. <laughs> we, it's is a little that bit something vulgar. we should link? <laughs> Maybe. We'll put that yeah. in the in the uh, in the description, perhaps. Yeah. Um I, I wanted to ask because you were just touching on the church investigation. Of course, that was Nixon, wasn't it? Nixon time. Um yes. and he was stood down, I believe. Anyway, around Nixon time, I was um I'm interested, do you being ex military, etc., uh, well, ex intelligence. Um is that what you are? Ex-intelligence? Sort of. I'm ex-stupid. Anyway, yes. <laughs> I didn't really do, I never really got to do my job. Honestly. Oh, my friend, it was mostly, <sighs> is mostly like hoop jumping and paperwork and, and bullshit. You okay, didn't get to yeah. really do anything cool. I mean, except, you know, it became very obvious that the Presidio was being used for MK Ultra. Um, I got my call to go down and test for what ended up, what I later found out was a Stargate project, but by then it had gone completely black and they didn't right. want any more players in it. Okay. Um, so that was 1992. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they basically were splitting certain people off for some reason and sending us down to Treasure Island. Treasure Island had a medical center and an MRI under underground and also to i'm trying to remember what else it had and then of Treasure course Island. that test facility uh it's in it's in an um it's in the san francisco bay okay all right yep well what i was going to ask about was do you know very much about or do you know anything much about um pine gap in australia 
because yes. that was a Nixon push thing. He was, I believe that the, well, I don't know if it was a front or the actually what was happening, but uh, investigating an alternative energy to get around the oil crisis that was happening at the time. Um, well, so we don't even know if that in. was, <laughs> I mean, they did it for numerous reasons. The Pine Gap situation was multifaceted, right? Mm, they always yep. pile it so. and bury it under numerous different monikers and yes. uses and excuses and reasons, right? Mm -hmm. They sure do. One of them, uh, it was thought that it was to be used for weather control also as kind yes. of a sister area to probably the one in Alaska. Alaska. Yeah, yeah, harp in Alaska. Harp, yeah. There's a lot of them around now. I've um, sort of discovered a, a number of them. There's one down in just off a little island off the southeast of Tassie that seems to triangulate with one down the bottom of the South Island of New Zealand somewhere. And there's another one somewhere. Um, there's also, yeah, there's plenty of them. Yeah, I was just wondering because Pine Gap is, yeah, it's not something that's easy to find out much about. Um it's so, very yeah. much in a similar vein as uh, DA, things like Diego Garcia mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, some of the number stations, if anybody remembers those. Oh, by the way, and I'll, I'll find it eventually. I swear to God, I will. A lot of people don't realize it. Number stations were ham radio stations that were transmitting various codes at different times, basically pads that they thought were decryption pads for spy operations, et cetera, and, or, you know, just signaling of sorts. Right. Yep. Well, I was one of the only people I know of who actually ran into a number station on the telephone. Okay. Cause that, uh, telephones back then were very simple. Yeah. Just wires and yep. So Somewhere, I, I have the I, original recording of it. I got to find it though. <laughs> I so, like a crossed, crossed wire sort of thing. I mean, how do you mean you ran into it? Sorry, Ashley. Just... I I called I I called a number that was on the Department of Defense switchboard. That was supposed to be for the VA, but I screwed oh, okay. up two of the numbers, <laughs> and it came back with a with a numeric uh, alphanumeric challenge that was being read off by a robotic voice. Oh, right. Wow. So can y'all explain to me what a numbers station is? And also, when you say uh, Diego Garcia, are you talking about um, the artist, the artist Diego Garcia? The military base in the archipelago, the archipelago. What, which archipelago is it? The... Um, it's off of, off the coast of India, I think, or something like that. Sort of near Spain, uh, Canary Islands-ish area. No, it's oh. right in the middle of nowhere, like right in the middle of the sea. Yes. And and do you know anything about the theory that that's possibly where the MH370 ended up? Yes. And a lot of people don't realize how much of that facility is underground. Everyone says, oh, it's just a little island. Bullshit. I know people firsthand who have lived on that island, but they don't really live on the island per se. They live mostly under it. Right. Okay. So another dumb. Um, just to not yes. to interrupt you guys, this is a good conversation, but it was Diego Rivera that I was thinking about when you said Diego Garcia. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Read his bow. Okay. Give me uh, three minutes or maybe 40 seconds, depending. Yeah, Let me no go problem. turn off the beeper beep. My security system is complaining about something. I have 
like three security systems here that I got to freaking babysit because people love me here so much. No problem mm -hmm. at all. I'm just going to pause it. I'm going to call Rob. A, oh, Rob, Ando's going to call you a chirp American. What is what the hell is that? <laughs> I, I, I was telling Stella, it's because apparently uh, a lot of black people online will have a chirp of their like fire alarm in the background they don't change out the battery it just yes they go ear blind to it and i started hearing that i was like oh you're gonna catch hell from ando for this for sure yeah well like i said it's 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 my security system <laughs> oh. <laughs> and i don't know why it started doing that it doesn't give me any error it just does it every once in a while i don't i don't know what the hell i think it's one of the uh Is it the battery the backup's door? going it, a bit flat maybe I think it's no, I think it's a door interlock. One of the door interlocks loses uh connection and sometimes. Oh uh, yeah. You know, because they're wireless. And I think if I depending on how things are arranged, um, because I work around metal all the time, and depending on how things are arranged in the shop, uh sometimes it'll just trigger that because it can't communicate with that one particular unit. So what I need to do probably is I think it's the one on the garage door. So I need to probably move it up high enough so that if there's a truck there or something, then it can still get a line of sight and communicate with the unit. So. All right. Well, speaking of communications, that's a little segue into my next question. I was going to ask, um, do you know much about this warning thing that's coming up uh, October the 4th? Um, and the backup date, if that doesn't work, October 11th. So apparently everybody's phone is going to go off with this warning system and there's a little bit of conspiracy around it. Anything, any light on that for us, Rob? Yeah. Um, I mean, no, but yeah, I could tell you what is out there about it. Um, I find the timing interesting where it's occurring when we're having a shutdown where we also, I mean, there's a lot of things in convergence at this point. So we have right. the shutdown uh, because What's they can't the figure shutdown? out. Well, they can't figure out the budget, um, which is good. Oh, okay. That shutdown. Right. See, this is what people need to understand. This is good. All of this is good. Mm -hmm. The shutdown means that the government cannot continue its criminality unabated. <laughs> it has to actually shut a few things of its criminal conspiracy network down for a little while. So we all should rejoice when the government shuts down because it gives us time. And this is, I think, why they don't like the shutdown. It gives us time to figure out what they're doing. They don't appreciate that, obviously. They don't want us to know what they're doing. Um, Do you, so that's, is there a possibility that that's a, what's the word? controlled shutdown to allow them to you know for the big whole the big dudes in the new world order and the one world government come in and go hey we've got the solution to all this rubbish maybe but there's more to it than even that okay uh, one of the other things is that there's something called the abaluga or abu abulga or abaluga emp weapon that the russians just decided that they were going to field ah yes i saw something about that so 
what would you going to do? field? I'm sorry. Can you just explain what going to field? In other words, mean? they're they're deploying they're deploying that weapon system. They're not actually using it, but they've decided they're taking it out of storage and moving it into into theater. Right. Okay. Into position, sort of thing. Right. They're basically saying yes, we are going to use this. Right. Now I don't know how theirs exactly works, and I don't know if even our intelligence services knows exactly how it works. If Basically, what it sounds like is, is it is a kind of a little bit more rudimentary brute force version of the CHAMP system, which stands for it's like a countermeasure, something countermeasure high altitude, something or other. But bottom line is it's effectively a drone that has an EMP generator built onto it and it flies over the target, emits an EMP and then subsequently can do a targeted knockout of various electronic systems without mm -hmm. necessarily messing up any of the other infrastructure within a city. However, I think the Russian version is much more brute force. And I think so what more we're going to- general? Yeah, I, well, they, they don't have the same stipulations. They don't have much infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So knocking out infrastructure to them is like, you know, like somebody just dumping some milk on the ground. It's not a big deal. They're going to clean up is easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so what they're saying is with this Abaluga is that they'll be able to, I guess if I think they were saying if it can actually kill people, this is how intense the pulse is. It can actually kill people up to a hundred feet underground. So, okay. It's got to so be like the a flying Carrington event almost. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and, well, you know, they don't have the we same need to be restrictions, nice to Mr. Putin. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they don't have the same restrictions on the use of human experiment subjects for their military weapons. So it's interesting mm -hmm. that they somehow found out what frequency EMP is required to shut down and destroy a human's neural system. It's pretty interesting. It is extremely interesting, but uh, as we all are aware, they have been doing these kind of experiments and things for many, many years, decades. So I Absolutely. guess they're pretty good at it by now. Yes. And I guess this sort of, does, is this a kind of a bit of a crossover with Royal Rife? work or not yes a million percent yes yeah okay yeah mm -hmm. royal rife some of the work that tesla did um if i recall mm -hmm. even edison had mm -hmm. some frequency medical devices that he had worked up over the years uh there's there's uh, many different players involved in it and for the most part at least on the face of it our defense our defense department kind of poo-pooed that sort of technology whereas other countries embraced it right okay yes they uh they did poo-poo it just sort of like the hemp thing it was very similar wasn't it right no doubt money based um so what's your what's your take on this there's so many different um opinions about whether free energy is possible what's your take on that as far as you know, I mean, there's a lot of things around the internet which turn out to be bogus. Um, 
You're going for the Randall Carlson thing, ain't you? <laughs> What's your take? Is it, do you think it's possible for the world to have some free energy that it can extract from the atmosphere, the ether, and run our structure, our infrastructure at some point? Well, just, just in closing, while we're talking about energy, let's go back to the EMP for just one paragraph here. I just wanted to let everyone know that the bomb that I worked on, the which was the Lance nuclear missile, which is now ATACMS, which by the way, the high Mars can be retrofitted to fire the ATACMS. If you wanna understand how far the situation between Ukraine and Russia has escalated, that should give you an idea. The fact of the matter is that the Whiskey 70-3 warheads which have a neutron release which is very similar to the same type of release that the alabuga has and the champ uh, which is that higher burst nuclear release all the people die the buildings for the most part yes, stay standing maximum impact isn't it when it's high release yeah 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 because remember you're not just blowing stuff up you're actually with the emp or what they call an enhanced radiation device you're actually setting up a giant transmitter. So if you blow it up higher, what's going to happen? All those radio waves are going to hit a bigger area. Yeah, spread so, further. Hmm. Yeah, so you want that interaction. You also want the interaction between the upper atmosphere and the ground, and you want to generate those potentials and right. literally okay. use the ionosphere, ionosphere ground gap as kind of a giant transmitter. Right? Yeah, okay. Much so, like lightning. Well, you're almost, uh, you know, they're, and they've said that they've, they, there has been some stories from old timers that I heard that, uh, oh, yeah. by the way, the whiskey, Lightning. the whiskey 70 three was developed at the very facility on the very floor that I worked at, at Los Alamos. If you want to talk about synchronicities. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Literally my office was the office of the technicians that invented the whiskey 70 three. So, kind of interesting. It's something in the walls that soaked into you and made you really smart. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I wish. I wish. Um, so, check this out. So, bottom line is, all of a sudden, this renewed interest in EMP weapons, which means that let's, let's tone it down a little bit. Yes. Okay. Theoretically, these weapons are nuclear. Okay. Mm-hmm. But no, they're not the kind that leaves a bunch of fallout or any of that. And as a matter of fact, I think the Alabuga is actually a contained nuclear release. Okay. So basically with that one, what happens is it actually makes a very small criticality in a, in a little area. And then subsequently... And subsequently, what it does is it, uh, sorry about that. My alarm went off. EMP generator. I think, I think they're hitting me with the EMP generator already. We started <laughs> the shit early. We're going to start with him. <laughs> yeah. They're like shining my place with it or something. Let me see what's going on here. So bottom line is it's basically like a contained criticality and they use that wave and then focus it and tune it to generate the subsequent EMP wave, right? right okay. So at a certain yes, frequency. Yeah. So yes, it's nuclear, but no, it's not Hiroshima, right? Got it. Um, yeah. So we it's all need like to tone it down a little bit. Radioactive 
type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even then the, the radiation from an, uh, the radioactivity from an enhanced radiation device, uh, doesn't, uh, last forever. Right. It's, it's not that kind of long-term <laughs> radiation type thing. It's not that. So, uh, mm -hmm. I think we need to tone down the rhetoric just a little bit and get a grip because, yep. you know, again, they just say, oh my God, it's nuclear. Ah, mm -hmm. you know, everybody mm -hmm. loses their mind. It's like, well, no, hold on. It's a little bit, it yeah. is and it isn't, you know, this isn't the well, old I mean, school Zarbama shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Australia's got a moratorium at the moment on nuclear energy. So it's just ridiculous probably for that same reason, you know? I mean, we know why, but let's not go there right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all for it's all for slam dunk uh, ESG points, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. oh, look, and we're really saving like... the environment, and we're yeah. not saving anything. It's just low uh, hanging are, fruit. They definitely want to get those bloody turbines into the ground. That's for sure. I mean, that's a huge money laundering scheme. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, the, uh, gas turbines or. The other wind turbines they're trying to oh, yeah, put everywhere. Yeah, I get I get so sick of the hype from those. You know, those almost don't last. They very few of them actually last long enough to pay themselves off. Oh, they're useless. Is, they're they're worse for the environment than not having them at all. Much worse. There is nothing you can do with the old parts from that. No, they're they not recyclable degrade. like they make out they are. And the energy is no. um, unstable. And if there's no wind, so yeah, it's going into the grid, but it's all sort of unreliable, you know, surges and things. And, right. um, you know, I mean, if there's no wind or anything, they've got to rely on coal fuel, <laughs> coal fueled you know, means to get turning and stuff. It's just a big slate of crap. So yeah, I mean, the money that's involved when you look at it, um, I mean, I'll just quickly say that the, each wind turbine in Australia, at least, uh, that gets put in, there's like a middleman company. I don't know the names or anything, but there's like a middle dude company. Um, they get $900,000 per turbine. Oh, between six and 900000 So I don't know what the variation is, probably by state. Um, and the farmers that they put the turbines onto their, their property, um, they get between twelve and 30000 from 900,000 and they have to look after the turbines as well. And they're all culpable for any damage or anything that happens. It's crazy. So, um, and you know, as we all know, they're pull, you know, pulling down trees, etc., to put up these wind turbines. That makes no sense. Anyway, that's another, another show probably, or well, we've already done it a couple of times really. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. let's talk about the Randall Carlson gobbledygook. Sure. Cause he said nothing substantive in all of the recent podcasts that I've heard him on. Nothing. All right. What's he talking <laughs> so, about now? Because I haven't heard him talk for some time. So a lot of people know that I'm working on a high-pressure water injection system that should be able to decrease gas or increase gas mileage, decrease fuel use by about 15 to 20%. Uh, the key element behind it is the fact that it runs at a very high pressure. It's not free energy, but it's pretty close because what ends up happening is you use the electricity from the regular uh, alternator system on your car. Mm -hmm. It turns a high pressure pump. Now, down the road, I'd like to go off of maybe like um, a cam or a crank driven system where it's just mechanical. Right. The only reason I'm not doing that 
is because it's harder to control the pressure and uh, there's a lot of wasted energy. So the way I have it set up through an Arduino is that it looks at first, first of all, what it does is it starts up, brings the system up to pressure. Okay. And then it looks at the pulse pulse width modulates the motor based on the conditions in the intake manifold, uh, higher pressure in the intake manifold, it'll have higher pressure to the injectors. And also these injectors are per cylinder, just like your regular injection system, but mm -hmm. they're running at a constant 1200 to 1500 PSI. And what that does is that actually makes that, that high pressure taking, taking the water and blowing it across through the orifice. So it'll sprays when mm -hmm. it does that, the kinetic energy being put into the spray causes the hydrogen and oxygen in the water to spontaneously split into its constituents. Not a hundred percent, obviously, but you're getting some yield from that. And you're also getting very good vaporization. And then what that's doing in turn is it's cooling the air fuel charge as it goes in. And then once it gets into the cylinder, you can run a much higher ignition advance because it slows down the wave front of the flame. And what that does is that means that rather than when the piston is all the way up at the top and you ignite the fuel, rather than the fuel having all its pressure at the top, normally what ends up happening is all the fuel is almost completely burned by about a third of the way down in the cylinder. Mm -hmm. Okay. By adding the water, two things happen. Number one, you can light it sooner. You almost have to, you can light it sooner. And then what happens is it burns further down the entire stroke by doing that. The other thing it's doing too, is it's taking some of the heat energy from the burning of the fuel and turning it into expanding steam, which then also helps increase the efficiency of pushing the piston down. And they've, okay, they've so had, really yeah, using oh, go ahead. every bit of energy. Yeah. And there's, so now there's another trick I was looking at, which ties in with Randall Carlson's trick, which was to not only just inject that high pressure water vapor, but also to put a plasma generating cell that it actually has to inject past, which then basically adds energy to the mist that's coming out to the vapor that's coming out of the injector and then helps break it down one stage further. And that sounds kind oh. of like what he might be doing, but the way that they were doing it, it just, it, I was like, your theory is okay. It's not too bad. But then they were talking about vortices, generators, and torsion physics and that. And then even after all of this fancy pants baloney that they talked about that they added to the system, they were still only getting, I think, like a 15 or 20% decrease in fuel consumption, which is what normal water injection gets you. Uh, okay. We proved at GM that you could get that just off of high pressure water injection alone without vortice generators. Yeah, without all the complications. That. Yep. Yeah. So when you say um, that the um, 
it splits at one point, um, the water splits, so that's hydrogen, oxygen. So mm. that's the vapor, that's Brown's gas. Is that right? Effectively, yeah. Right. And that's what we were debating about doing was piggybacking effectively a Brown's gas generator on the end of it. So you split the water and you've already got it in vapor form and then you let it go past an energized grid in in its vapor form, which then will spontaneously split even more of it, right? right? Because you're not getting 100% split. Otherwise, it would just be gas coming out. You're yeah, not getting okay. that. Most you're probably, I think, uh, Bosch, uh, you know, the the automotive parts company, I think mm -hmm. Bosch said in their experiments that the most constituency that they saw from hydrogen and oxygen from, from water was probably about 5%. But that's not nothing, right? It's a start. <laughs> right. I mean, if you're getting 5% hydrogen and oxygen basically for free, mm. That's not a bad thing. That's you know, pretty cool. If you could get a catalyst grid, high voltage catalyst grid, and blow that vapor through it at the same time, maybe you could bump that up to 10% or 20%, you know? Hmm. Well, it's um, a little bit above my head at this point, but um, it sounds fascinating. And um, so it's a start for free energy. Is that pretty much where we're heading? Like we're... Yeah. It's it's doable. That's basically is free energy doable. Interesting that you mentioned this. So remember, we're always talking about terahertz frequencies because that's my yes. jam, right? Yep. All right. Interestingly enough, they've gotten very good efficiencies out of utilizing terahertz frequencies to create hydrogen and oxygen. Out of thin air. Almost. Yeah. I mean, what they were doing is they were taking a box and they were injecting very high pressure vapor into the box and they set up a grid system. Okay. And normally you can do that and you're inevitably like to make hydrogen oxygen, you can take a car battery, right? Mm -hmm. And you take one, one, uh, just basically water in a, in a, insulated container and what you stick copper and or I think you just all you need to do really is stick two copper uh, pieces in there and hook the battery to it and it'll start bubbling right yep just like a brown's gas generator well yeah, colloidal colloidal copper yeah well what they figured out is that if you then take that signal and start modulating it to a frequency that is, I think it's, I want to say it's uh, 2.9 terahertz. If you modulate it to a frequency multiple of 2.9 terahertz, then you'll actually start to increase the efficiency of that same hydrogen generator. Wow. Okay. So you don't even necessarily need to be at Mostly terahertz frequency. That. You yeah. just need to be at a division of it. And of course, it peaks right. at that 2.9 terahertz. But right. yeah, so they found that by modulating the generator, you can increase the output without noticeably increasing the input of energy to create the hydrogen and oxygen from the water. So, right. <clears throat> well, that's always the holy grail, isn't it? To yes. create more energy than you're putting in.
Yeah, that'll. Okay. I don't think that'll ever happen, but I think through. I think we can get some really good efficiencies, and or exploit certain types of energy that we don't consider energy right now. Mm-hmm. You know. So this is so far beyond. This is just so over my head. Um, but in the discussion of free energy, a level that I can understand is that um, I know that Tesla was alleged alleged to have figured out how to get free energy, right? Somehow, some way. And then I remember seeing Bob Lazar, whether or not you believe that Bob is legitimate or not, um, on which I think is certainly possible that he's not. He was on Joe Rogan after all. But he was saying that, you know, in today's day and time, we should be glad that we didn't have that kind of stuff because it would interfere constantly with like the Wi-Fi and internet signals and stuff like that. Now, obviously, I don't know. I don't know anything about any of this stuff. So I'm totally a noob, but I thought it was an interesting point. It's basically the only thing that I remember about free energy. <laughs> Well, hmm. so uh, as an aside, I met people at Los Alamos that knew Bob Lazar. They probably don't work there anymore because they all retired when all those layoffs and all that drama happened because they were going to cut the retirement. So even my boss, Fred, Dolores, Bill, all of them took retirement as soon as they got the chance after all the BS went down. So I would assume that most of the old timers that remembered and or knew Bob Lazar um, are long gone and aren't on the hill anymore. However, um, here's the thing. Depending on how wine, I think it was Wildclift or Winecliff. Winecliff, yeah. Wildcliff, depending on how uh, it operated because we don't, no one knows a hundred percent how it was functioning, but depending on how it operated, it operated at frequency, right? Well, if you know that frequency, you just work around it. You just put in a filter in your radio transmission circuit that avoids that frequency. And then you're able to transmit. That's why something called a spark gap or a or a, a wide field transmitter is considered a jammer because it knocks out all the frequencies and you can't filter them out. You can't work around them. So, so um, do you think that Bob Lazar was full of it or do you think he was legit? Did the people that knew him think he was legit? I think he's right up there with, um, oh, who's the guy who was Air Force Intelligence uh, back in the day? He became a cop later on, Richard Doty. I think he was like Los Alamos version of Richard Doty. I think he was there to cause disruption etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't i don't think he is who he says he is but i do think that at the very least he was at least smart enough and or had the qualifications to then get follow on contracts with his own independent company with the government so 
you don't get those by being an unqualified dumbass, typically, unless your name is Hunter Biden. <laughs> uh, but I think everybody knows they don't want Hunter Biden messing around with nuclear materials. So we'll just skip that. So far, well, they're not stupid enough. Interestingly enough that you say that, uh, if Bob's story is legitimate, it actually has some overlap and similarity with your own. And because you said that you felt that going public was the best way to keep yourself safe as a whistleblower. And that's what Bob said, too. He thought that based on what he saw, that if he didn't speak out, that, you know, his life was in danger. I don't know how legitimate that is, but uh, and I had no intention of tying those two things together. But I thought that was interesting. Can I just say well, uh, it, that didn't work for Phil Schneider? Right. In his case, or it his didn't. other seventeen friends also, yes. mysteriously died. Yeah, and the Phil Schneider situation when he was doing the rounds was uh, about the same time when I was at the Language Institute in California, and uh, we had all kind of heard about it, and we were like, "Oh, check this shit out. This is kind of interesting." But you know, we—I mean, I hate—I'm not going to say we were brainwashed necessarily. But what I will say is when you're in the military and you're a high-level job like that, you don't want to let it get out that you're, you know, dicking around with woo-woo, you know, mm. mm -hmm. because your clearance is on the line. So Yeah. Um, are you familiar with Stan Dayo? I've heard his name. I probably am. It's just I'm having a temporary loss. Okay. Um, he was tied up. I, I'm not a, an expert here, but it, it, that's sort of partly what kind of got me down the conspiracy trail. I was reading his book in, ooh, I think it was about 1991, two maybe, uh, The Cosmic Conspiracy. Oh. And, uh, you know, you, yeah, him and his okay. wife, Louise. Um, he had some ties with Pine Gap. He was sent out to Pine Gap, actually, to do some whatever he was doing. And I believe he, well, this is the story. This is the narrative. Uh, I believe he sort of basically, you know, broke free from Pine Gap and managed to return to um, the States. I think he went to Texas. I'm not sure. But uh, I don't know. I've always been a little bit, uh, does anyone really break free of these things and then continue to, I mean, he's still going today, still alive, I believe. Um, interesting. Anyway, I was just wondering whether you were familiar with Stan. Well, what I will tell you is, the calling card of the intelligence agencies is strange visits by people you don't know between the hours of about 2.30 and 3.30. And as you both know from being on my Telegram channel, I get a lot of those visits. What are the odds? At exactly 3.30, 3.33, I get a lot of those visits. What are the odds? By the same guys over and over again you can't tell me those aren't my watchers and i have numerous videos that i post up i'm sure you've all seen a few of them and i'm not paying people to come here and show up and wake me the fuck up at 3 33 in the fucking morning but that's when that shit is always going down so okay so this is um to just remind you that they're there yes muscle well, flex think about it 3 33 yeah I, I, that's yeah goes without it's saying it's the witching hour it mm -hmm. has significance with the Freemasons, and I get mm -hmm. these visits all the time by the same fucking cars. Now, mm -hmm. why would you make it a fucking point to, okay, if you're just a fucking picker, you're just a garbage picker, right? You're just a guy who 
goes around and you collect metal and shit to make money, right? Mm -hmm. Why in the fuck do you come to exactly the same fucking garbage can at the same fucking time every time? Hmm. It's Is that not your it garbage becomes, can? Yes. It no longer metal? becomes a coincidence. They don't come by here anymore because they right. know I uh, <clears throat> I do things and we'll leave it at that. Yep, yep. Let's. So they make sure to stay just off the property line. Right. So do you ever feel like you're in any kind of danger or anything? Is this, is this because of stuff that you know from the past or what's... I don't know shit. None of my stuff is that important. Okay. The only thing they, The only thing I do know that they don't like is that, well, I mean, they didn't bring me to test for remote viewing because I can't figure things out. You know what I mean? So, okay. I wasn't chosen because I was considered unstable. Much of that probably was due to my massively high consumption of diet Pepsi. Oh <laughs> so, yes. You've talked about this. Yeah. It's no joke. It's not a joke. Yeah. I swear to God, when I got off that shit, my personality changed. Everything changed. Wow. It was significant. Diet Pepsi. I swear to God. What's the, what, what's the ingredient that you blame? I'm pretty sure it's the phenyl, uh, it's the, um, phenylalanine. Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. Phenylalanine. Yep. So, can, you, can someone spell that for me? P-H, P-H-E-N-Y-L. Phenylalanine. Phenylalanine. Gotcha. Yeah, that's and the aspartame. I suppose that. Well, that's just as bad. But that's aspartame. It's the same thing. Oh, it's ah. the same thing. Okay, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Aspartame is just its brand, I think. So. Right. Okay. As far as well. Uh, if I may, um, I, I had a couple other questions. This is purely selfish. And I know that Stella's hosting. Uh, she may no, have no, other questions. But I was just curious. So what took you to be, well, I have two questions. One of them, I don't know. Mike, the polymath, said that you used to work somewhere where you created certain toys, maybe silicone-based toys. Oh, is you're that, trying to go there, aren't you? I had to. I had to. Uh, it had to be done. It had to be done. Well, I they they figured that I had so much, so much wonderful experience understanding and working with dildos that they would just move me up to the next level of dildo ship. Hunter Is this would, a joke yeah, or are you being sorry. serious? I'm being serious. <laughs> I work for all the government questions. dildos. Now I work for the private sector dildos. Okay, so are you telling me the truth right now? Is yes. this is this your current gig? Yeah. Okay. I work I work as a consultant uh to a company <laughs> that manufactures uh sex toys. So yeah. I'm sorry, Stella. I had to I do it. I I had I had to know. Yeah. Uh, you you have I to had know. To ask. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, at least he's other... not a catalog model. <laughs> right. The other question was, how did you come to meet up with, uh, I guess I should start calling him the Liberty Connector, which is Ando. Ando knows everybody. So how did you 
meet Ando or Ando meet you. And then you kind of got into the the WTF forum, which is how we met you. Shout out Ando. Shout out of <laughs> Dad Bond and yeah. uh, Bear Snare and everyone else. Yep. And Grand Theft Liberty and all them. Yep. Drizzle. <clears throat> Drizzle. Yep. Beautiful people. And and Mike, of course. Mike. Well, we've just spoken to Mike, but they don't know that. They don't Hi, know that. And <laughs> our and our buddy Fido as well. And Fido. How did I get how did I get wrapped up with that crazy guy? Yeah, the uh, Liberty Connector. <laughs> Jesus, I, I I where was it? I don't I don't Did remember. you go to Childerberg was... or something? Yeah, I did, but I didn't but he was the one that got me to go. Ah, uh, so, so you already knew him. Yeah, I want to say it was either it was one of the other big podcasts, telegrams, I think. It was either uh, Legit Bat or maybe Tinfoil Hat or uh, Pete Q. One of the, Are you? What was that? Pete Q, maybe? Pete Quinones, mm -hmm. Free Man Beyond the Wall? You say that so well. Yeah. No. <laughs> It wasn't that one actually, although I had a great conversation uh, with him about the uh, about Franco era Spain at Childerberg, so that was cool. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, about uh, Bolshevism and how it's used, uh, how it's weaponized against the population, et cetera, et cetera, to do these various resets. Um, I, I don't, you know, and. I, and it's weird. I should be better at knowing that, but I guess I just freight train on. You know, I got so much other yeah. shit going on. I just kind of <laughs> go, okay, cool. I ran that shit over <laughs> 10 miles back. Just, all right, give it some gas, you know. Oh, well, uh, look, I don't think the human brain has ever had such information input in its no. life, you know. I mean, it's ridiculous what we're And I'm surprised I in. even remember as much as I do, for shit's sake. I mean, I'm, yeah. and I'm, I'm known for having a, a pretty uh, bear trap tight memory but even now i'm getting leaks and who knows it's probably the spike proteins poking holes in my little neurons and letting the juju come out <laughs> remember kids all spike proteins are fusogens and compromise your cell wall there is no such thing as a spike protein that is not also a fusogen thank you very much that's pretty much said it all do you want to get into that a little bit more or is that enough <laughs> um it's up to no, you just, i don't know how much time you've got Rob. Oh, i've got Plenty of time. Um, yeah did you did you take the uh, the jabby jab the spike protein or you no. just mean from being around people shedding? Aha! Let's Hashtag talk about that. Don't yeah, shed let's talk on about me. shedding. Hashtag don't give me that shed. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, keep your shed to yourself. Um. So check this out. So they went on this. Ah, oh, it was it was like a monster tour of just going after people and canceling them for even suggesting that there was a such thing as shedding shedding happens with everything in the human body. That's why your family tells you don't hang out with jerk offs because the jerk off will get on you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. No, I'm serious. They've I know, proven this is a thing. This is, they've yeah, proven right. this is real. Okay. There is a study there's a thing called epigenetics. Okay. When the sea shit hit, all of a sudden, everything that we've been learning about epigenetics and the, and the chemical and genetic communications between humans 
was thrown clean out the goddamn window, except yeah. when it was being used to tell you to stay six feet apart. Yeah. Yep. Why do I need to stay six feet apart if nothing sheds? Because if nothing sheds, then that also means there's no such thing as contagion, right? <laughs> you need to figure this shit out. You can't have both, bitch. Yeah. You can't be a pimp and a <laughs> prostitute, too. So, <laughs> Word to the wise. Yes. Word. What are we going <laughs> to do? You can't be a pimp and a prostitute, too. So, anyways... <laughs> We're in this situation where they make these no-win arguments, which means that C shit was a psyop, not a not a PEOP. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a a candemic or any of that shit. Uh this this whole thing was orchestrated. I I personally think that they put spike proteins in everything because what have they done recently? They've rolled out many studies and even said that they're going to put spike proteins in everything. Here, that has that does not help your immune system. It can't help your immune system. Okay, enough of that. All right, it's like so. The mRNA is literally like saying, you know what I'm going to do. That son of a bitch over there, he stabbed somebody. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make, not only am I going to roll in knives to protect me from him stabbing me, but I'm going to make a knife factory. Does that this make is what sense? the cells say. Yeah. Yes. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. It does. Well, it makes now sense you if you're trying to harm. Uh, well, <laughs> you've turned everyone. <laughs> you've turned everyone into yeah, a bioweapon. Look, uh, everybody. Okay, so let me let me let me put it to you this way, and this is why I brought up that case where the guy's glucose was reading super high, simply by taking a wipe, and putting it on his skin. Okay. Yes, I was going to bring that up, and I forgot. That's very yeah. that, very telling, isn't it? Right, because anything that you that touches your skin goes into you, and anything your skin touches goes into it. Okay, there is always this exchange going on. As a matter of fact, we've heard some problems, some concerns with the exchange occurring with kids who are on transitional hormones. That the other oh, kids really? are getting dosed. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That that doesn't surprise me. That was even um That's the real danger with this yeah. whole thing in school because you've got all the kids packed into a small area mm. and now you're going to make these kids go to gym with these other kids yeah. and these kids bodies are loaded up with gender changing hormones. Yeah. And now Plus, you have that exchange of fluids and you're going to tell whatever. me that that's not going to make the other kids maybe more prone to having hormonal issues and or behavioral issues that come with that. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me uh, because pheromones is a real thing, right? We know that and we know that's that. that's what like, I'm talking about. Yes. Right. Like, Cause you're rewiring the other kids pheromones and then you're exposing the other straight kids to that right. and expecting everything to be okay. Yeah. Well, Hold that on. certainly that makes sense because you know women's cycles can sync up sometimes. Uh -huh. That's mm -hmm. even part of the theory of like a yawn, I yawn, you yawn. Mm -hmm. Yes, or, yep, exactly. And what people are talking about with um, maybe terrain theory, 
versus germ mm. theory that mm. it, I'm around you and I may or may not detox in response to being around you, uh, you know, in the same way. And then the other thing is all of that stuff, in addition to the other endocrine, endocrine disruptors that are already in like food, plastics, receipts, pro, you know, hair and beauty products and fabric and our water and everything. Sorry, go ahead, Rob. No, no, that uh, you can go, you can go right ahead. I was just sitting here playing the upright bass to all that jam right there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, but that does that does make a lot of sense. And I never really thought about that as far as the kids that are taking these. And, and who knows what, uh, I don't think that any dose of this stuff is safe, but who knows what would be a dose that would be safe enough for them to not be affecting other children. I never thought of that. Mm. You touch a receipt. And they say, don't touch a receipt. Okay. Yeah, and then they're saying, but go ahead and touch this trans kid who's loaded up on all kinds of hormones, maybe 10 or a hundred times more in their body of the opposite sex hormones than they normally would have. And you're going to say that that doesn't affect the other kids. Really? Yeah. It's all involuntary. This is why they shouldn't, they should, those kids, those kids should be isolated. I, I'm sorry. And it's, it doesn't, has nothing to do with the social aspect. It has to do with, we don't adequately understand how much of that hormone is being transferred to wit, the synchronization of cycles with females. They don't even need to be in the contact. They just need to be in proximity for that to start to happen. Yep. How about that? So, so that's a shedding thing. You think that's why that happens? That's proof of shedding. I, yeah, I right. personally think you think shedding doesn't happen. I say, tell me why women's cycles sync up, even if they don't talk to each other. They only need to be in the same proximity on a uh, for a few hours a day. Hmm. And you well, tell me that there's no such thing as shedding. What's happening there? Again, this, we got pheromones. We've got epigenetics. We've got. Uh, look, if a spike protein can go through a cell wall, you don't think it can go through the skin? There mm. was a lot of stories of women who did not receive the injection who had their period disrupted after being yes. around people injected who were women. injected. Yes. Yes. And um, in my career, I actually have worried about it. However, I made some peace with it because I was like, you know what? I <laughs> look, God. I made the decision not to do this. If this is something that is so toxic that it's coming out from them and it's going to affect me, then it was going to get me anyway, somewhere, somehow, some way. So I can't worry if by touching another human who has it that I'm, you know, I just can't do that because it's not reality to not live amongst these people. Unfortunately, they decided to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, my son, unfortunately, had to take it. And uh, there was no way I was never going to hug him again. So right. I just yeah. went, oh, well, that's the way it is, I guess. I mean, you can, you can walk exactly. past someone in the freaking supermarket. So I'm not going to yep. not hug my son. Exactly. Um, and uh, I, th I thought the same way with my niece. You know, I was like, look, I if, if something happens to me because I'm loving this child because I give her a hug and a kiss, oh, well. Because I made the right decisions for me, but I'm not going to not be around people that I love because they were fooled by this stuff. Yeah. I mean, what sort of quality of life would that be? Like, let's preserve a shitty quality of life. Screw that. Right. It's just, exactly. this is just the way it is. You know, we've just got to yep. 
uh, get right with God. That's that's my yeah. advice. Yeah. Um, I have a friend. Um, shout out Crystal. Uh, a friend um, who's got a you know reasonably compromised immune system, and uh, every time she is visited by somebody who's been vaxxed, um, she really really suffers for a long time afterwards mm-hmm. too for weeks. She has to do all sorts of protocols and things to like get the back. detox kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. she. She did say at some point that she thinks she's just going to have to ban anyone who's vaxxed from coming to her. I mean, yeah, bugger, you know, that changes yeah, your life. It does. And I, I was wondering about that too, but that's a whole thing even before with people who are denying shedding is particularly in this case with the, the mRNA stuff. But it's like, look, they have already said that before. If someone had a very compromised immune system and you were recently uh, injected with, say, like the flu injection or something like that, then they would tell you to not go around that person because you could affect them like for X amount Mm. of time. And in this case, I feel like it's probably a lot longer because it's a totally different delivery mechanism with the lipid nanoparticles and it's being stored in these little fat bubbles. And yes, the spike protein. Factory. It's like it's embedded. It's embedded. When you're into creating a factory. You're basically opening up a, a McDonald's franchise and then wondering why everyone's fat in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, yeah. that's the only franchise in town. Well, you're opening up in the body. You're not just injecting it with spike proteins, which I could have understood. Okay. You could have told me we're going to inject some spike proteins in you and then that'll trigger an immune response. I would have been like, oh, maybe. Okay. Sounds reasonable, at least. Right. But saying that, well, we're going to inject this vaccine in you that's going to make your body have to start a factory? (laughs) No. It makes no sense. Why would you want me to start creating the thing that you're saying is in the virus that's making everybody sick? That's right. Exactly. And with that, I say, doctors don't know shit. So, (laughs) yeah. Here we are again. Doctors don't know shit. Hey, cheers to that. Except for a small <laughs> handful. Yeah. yeah. That's our buddy Rucker Hauer, right? Wasn't he? Was he Australian or was he Dutch? I forget. I don't remember. Hauer. Doesn't sound like a... Yeah, it sounds maybe Dutch. Mm-hmm. I think he was, I'm not familiar with. I think he was from Australia. I'm trying to remember. Okay. Well, there you go. So let's talk solutions. Um, now, you... you Ashley, you put something into the Discord, which I then transferred into the Black Labs Telegram group, um, which with some protocols about how to de-spike. Yes. Um, did you read through that, Rob, at all? Um, I I went through s- some of it, it, but I didn't have much time to go through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So. Uh, we we'll, might put that in the show notes. Ashley, can you tell us anything sure. about that? So my understanding is that there are a couple of people that have done some work in detoxing the spike protein. And I'm sure you're probably pretty familiar. I did see that you were posting about cinnamon. So there is um, the association. Oh, cloves. Yeah. uh, The association with like star anise with um, pine needle tea. So they, these things apparently have a similar compound that people like Dr. Judy Mikovits and uh, Dr. McCullough and others believe can help rid your body of the spike protein. Now, my question is, how do you know that? 
if, if this is truly untested, you know, and I'm not saying don't do these things for sure. If you have access to it and you feel the need, and I would love to know if someone like your friend tried these protocols and it helped her. And then the other thing that I've seen about it is fasting because that well, at a point of like the 72 hour fast mm -hmm. that I think we probably know, but that the body will go into autophagy or the cells mm -hmm. will go into that. And that's when they start eating the trash. So that's supposed to be another way that you can help clear out your body of the spike protein. But I, I would say, how do we really know unless you had people with big budgets who have several people like, okay, you were just injected. Now we are going to see what the result is. What can we find with this, that, and the other thing, and then how to get rid of that. Um, and okay, we administered X amount of uh, the extract from star anise or pine needle tea or cloves or whatever that happens to be. And we saw X percent reduction. I don't know. You know, I hope it helps, but I have had my doubts on how we could really know any of that stuff. And the other thing that worries me is that there's such a multi-pronged health issue disaster that's associated with this. Yeah. How could, you know, is it just, this, I, I don't think it's just the spike protein either, right? Because we have had so many things happen. We've had people with, uh, and you and I had a little conversation about this, Stella, of people having major personality changes after this, uh, suicide attempts after this, we've had people that will have uh, burning neuropathy in the limbs. We've had Guillain-Barre syndrome. We've had strokes. We've had blood clots. We've had myocarditis, pericarditis, uh, people losing the, you know, like just total inability to walk, sudden death, all of these things. So I, I'm almost like, how do we really even know that it's just the spike protein or it's just the lipid nanoparticles or the graphene oxide or whatever else? We don't even know what's in it. So I feel like it's reductive for like a Peter McCullough or uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Mikovits, whatever, to tell us that it's the spike protein that's the problem. Um, although that may be helpful, I just have my own questions about it if that makes sense. And I also had a doctor who, well, I trust this guy because he stood up to the medical establishment whenever it counted. And he walked away from, I'm assuming was a very lucrative job as an ER doctor and decided to start his own practice and then started treating people with like vaccine injury. And so another guy that's kind of prominent, Dr. Pierre Corey has a, um, a practice now dedicated to helping people who were injured. So I do think maybe, I guess I'm answering my own questions. Maybe they are administering various combinations of treatments for various people and they are getting the feedback on what works for them. But this doctor that, uh, that left the ER job, he is a big proponent of ivermectin after the fact, even if someone believes that they have long COVID or if they believe that they were injured from the injection, they think that that helps. And a couple of, of mechanisms may work for that because it's a zinc ionophore. So it does get into, um, it helps the zinc get into the cell to stop a replication of a virus if it's real. And it also is supposed to help have uh, the anti-parasitic effects, which we know. And then um, he was also telling me that it can help to cultivate a healthier gut biome. So I'm sorry, well, that was a, ram it was a ramble. Sorry. It's interesting because um, one of those protocols involves bromine, which is found in pineapple, curcumin, of course, from turmeric, and there was a third one, I can't quite remember. 
Um, and I've noticed lately that they've been demonizing curcumin. Mm-hmm. Have you seen them demonizing uh, natto kinase? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. They went crazy over that shit. And what's funny is in the same search. That's the third search, one. That was, yeah. yeah. In the same search, it has three studies that show that natto kinase uh, basically dismantles the spike protein. But yep. it has it has two fact checks saying it's false. Yeah. Which I find hilariously, uh, it, it's just, uh, how can you say it? It's uh, hilariously oxy- oxymoronic. You're just sitting there yeah. looking at it going, well, wait, uh, <laughs> but the research says that it works. And then, um, so you have, for Better example, ban it, then. yeah, we don't know. So ban it. Kind of yeah, like what they like, did with hydrochloroquine and ivermectin in the yep. first place. We don't know how NSC. it works. Stop. You yeah. know? Well, and, and that does bring up a good question for me is that, and because in a conversation, another podcast, uh, I was asking Stella and whoever else was on, like, okay, so, you know, we know that our water has fluoride and microplastics and all the shit and so does the food, even if you try to eat healthy, all that stuff, Antibiotics. right? Antibiotics. Yes. And Stella's like, I think they legitimately have enough resources that they have a totally different supply of everything and they give themselves the good stuff, right? Mm. So that does make sense to me. But my question is, does that, okay, so these people would have to know that even when they're at like uh, their stupid ass Davos meeting and they're up there like, oh, wow, if we reduce the, the Earth's population by 90%, then the gorillas would be in a much better situation. But but they have exterminate, to have- Exterminate, exterminate. <laughs> yeah. Humans. That's icky. it. That's it. Bill Gates uh, is turning into a Dalek. Dildo Dalek. Dildo Dalek. With tits. With yes. tits. So oh. anyway, um, but the thing is, is like they they must know that they would be even if they didn't take the real thing, but some of the assholes in the audience surely believed it, right? So that does beg the question. And if you look at um, you know, some of Dr. David Martin stuff, and he's saying, Look, here's the proof that's been in these copyrights and this uh whatever, what's patents. the word I'm looking for? Patents. Yes, the patents, yep. yeah. Um that it's here here's the trail so maybe they really do know exactly what it does and they they have the anecdote so maybe it is possible that these treatments of the uh the star anise and the native kines and the nac and and all of that stuff especially because they're demonized it maybe it really does work maybe there really is and i i hope to believe that there is a protocol to rid yourself of it they came up with a reversing vaccine at the Oh, what's that? What's that? At uh, what's that fat guy's name? Not Ketterman. I I want to say Fetterman, but it's not Fetterman. <laughs> it's it's some other fat, dopey looking guy who runs Illinois. Region. Who is that guy's name? Uh, oh, is he the uh, the governor? Yes. Okay, let me Pritzker see. at the Pritzker Institute. They announced that they have an inverse vaccine. They had to actually make up another term for it. Basically, it's a vaccine that undoes the shitty vaccine that they gave everyone. How on earth would that work, though? Like, it would have to dissolve. What do you think it has in it? It's probably got an mRNA (laughs) that generates 
makes your cell generate natokinase, mm, um, mm, you know, curcumin. ivermectin, curcumin, Bromine. right? So you've now got, that... you've got factory, they're going to put other factories in your body that shut down the stuff from the factories in your body that should have never been there in the first place. <laughs> now that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Right. And if we look at this as a giant experiment on yes. humankind, laboratory. Yep. Yes, yes. Then, and we know allegedly that they have not closely kept track of the side effects. It would be because they already knew exactly what it would probably happen. Probably down to the genetic sequence of the mm -hmm. person is my guess. Um, mm -hmm. And they would know that, look, if you have this particular genetic sequence and this mixture of these other factors, X, Y, and Z, then you're going to get myocarditis. You, you're getting blood clots six months from now you you know that kind of stuff so maybe they you get a clot you get a clot and you get a clot, get right. a clot. well and okay <laughs> now let's talk about the clots just real quick for anybody that's listening the clots aren't caused by anything you thought it was being caused by it is simply caused by the mechanical activity of the spike protein in the bloodstream basically uh compromising the red blood cells and the white blood cell cell membranes and they're basically just letting all their goo out everywhere and when you do that and there's platelets involved you're going to end up with a clot that's all right it treats it, it like a wound yeah because the, spike, yeah, so the mrna and the spike protein ended up sit they found that it actually situates and dwells in the um, bone marrow and so what's happening is before, as, as the red blood cells are being manufactured in the bone marrow, there's right next door, a spike protein factory making those blood cells ineffective. It's damaging them and yeah. causing the body uh, to basically create a wound response. Yes. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Trying to expel it all. Hmm. Yeah. But it, so it those blood clots sense. that we've seen, those awful videos, like, those are real. They're, they're real. rubber clots. Yeah. yeah. Those are real. So what happens in that case is there is a something called blood polymerization that occurs due to the rupturing of the cell membranes. And if, for example, one of the worst things that could happen if after you get an mRNA shot would be then to get real COVID because now you've got twice twice the manufacturing capability for the spike proteins and you have two different types and unfortunately uh the human immune system isn't real good at going after only one when it has to fight a war on two different fronts those are probably the people we saw dying of the massive blood clots body couldn't keep dying up. suddenly yeah so the other thing about the uh, basically the reverse uh, injection, that does also make sense to me. If if you truly have some of the stuff that we've heard about the predator class and let's say, um, you know, like the Klaus Schwab's of the world, whatever, that they truly believe that they are so elite that they deserve to, quote, live forever. And, and we we also know is a very common theme in, you know, just in the ether, in movies, in books, this, you know, the search for the fountain of youth, right? The eternal life, like that is well-known trope. So if these people really want that, then 
it would make sense that they would play around with these different things, like how, what kind of treatment could we administer to cure this in the event that it occurs in us organically? Um, now that's only spitballing, but I recently saw, well, I know somebody in my own life who had a gene therapy for treating cancer, but then after all the stuff came out with uh, COVID and everything like that, then this per someone else I recently saw in the news that they had basically what we've been referring to as turbo cancer. Um, and he was taking like mRNA gene therapy in order to try to treat brain cancer. So part of me does think that they're causing some of this stuff intentionally and that they may have the, the cure and the treatment because they want to be able to use it for themselves. That's funny that you mentioned that because uh, they just recently found out a way uh, in here. Let me go over this real quick. Uh, well, this is from 2019. They're talking about telomerase gene therapy ameliorates the effects of aging. Uh, basically they can make it so that cells, matter of fact, I think they've already have a telomere based genetic therapy that will allow cells to last forever. Uh, it's here. Experimental gene therapy increases lifespan of mice by 41% in a telomere lengthening study, May 12, 2022. It's funny that they figured a lot of this out right after they stuck everyone with this bullshit jam. Uh, September 27th, 2022. Scientists prolong mouse lifespan by extending telomeres. Uh, recently, I saw uh, one that was very recent, like within the last two months, that basically said that they had the ability at this point uh, that they had cells that live forever based on telomere gene therapy. I don't know. It's so it's so dark. Um, I, it sounds cool in a fairy tale, but if you really think about this, it's so dark. It's like literally antichrist. Oh yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, it's people are soon going to start to actually acknowledge. Even people who don't probably acknowledge God at all are going to start to realize. Hang on, there might be something to this spiritual theme because none of this is making any sense, and it's bloody dark as things come out. But unfortunately, there are many people who st just have no freaking idea about anything still. I mean, I've spoken to a couple of people lately, my older friends, um, who just, you know, I mean, I'm trying to introduce them to the idea of, you know, the cashless society and blockchain, nothing too nefarious, I mean, nothing too nefarious on a health level, you know. Uh, so just talking about, you know, practical things like money. Um, no, it's like, oh, Oh my God. Oh no, no, that's never, that, that'll never happen. I don't want to live in a world like that. No, no. And it's just like, okay, stick your head back into the sand because I tried, right. you know, uh, anyway, it's just this endless perpetual round and round conversation, isn't it? It's like the Ouroboros, but, uh, I think we probably should, uh, it's been an incredible conversation. Really enjoyed this <laughs> up to oh, yeah. a couple of hours now, a little bit over. Sorry, Keels. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, look, we could go on forever because it's just, you're a wealth of knowledge and, uh, and a treasure trove of information. And we really appreciate you joining us here. Maybe you can come yeah. on again sometime and we can talk about some other things like maybe the Bolsheviks or something like that. Oh, that's too <laughs> easy. Come on. 
<laughs> well, there's still people who probably haven't even heard of them. They probably this think it's true. some kind of a, a confectionery or something. This is true. And and sometimes, and I've had people even say this, and, and I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn or anything, but there's a lot of people who say this, who go, well, when you explain it that way, then I understand the problem. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people just rattle it off and don't, for example, the explanation about the spike proteins, mm -hmm. right? About their so-called therapy, therapy or theory on how you know, the immune system works. It's like, no, once you dump a bunch of razor blades in a box and dump and jump into the box, there is nothing to save you from being cut. You can't yeah. get around it. A spike protein is always a fusogen. There is no such thing as a spike protein. The only way a spike protein or a, the only way a spike protein could be safe is if it wasn't a fusogen, but it's never not a fusogen. So yes, and a fusogen is when it basically, two cells are fused together. Is that correct? Yes, the the spike protein. Uh, so interestingly enough, just as an aside, let me. Uh, I'm I'm gonna leave you here, but Beyonce had the best <laughs> the best uh, what video out in there. Um, I'm not gonna do a, <laughs> I'm not gonna do a full Kanye, but so check this out. So ivermectin and natokinase and ATP. If you want something that's really going to hammer the shit out of spike proteins that you may or may not have in your body, that may or may not be safe, depending on what researcher and what doctor and what time of day it is when you contact him and who he thinks is watching as to what he says, <laughs> the bottom line is the natokinase, we already know, breaks down peptides. Okay. And that's exactly what you want, especially spike-like proteins and peptides. It breaks them down. That's number one. Number two is that the ivermectin increases, not only uh, interferes with the mitochondria, right? But it also uh, hyperpolarizes the cell wall and helps stabilize the cell wall. So by stabilizing the cell wall, effectively what you're doing is you're giving your, basically you're giving your cells body armor by taking ivermectin, okay? Because right. what it does is it, it causes a hyperpolarization in the uh, chloride channels. Okay. So what that does is that tends to stabilize the cell wall. So the little spike proteins can't get in and cause the cell merging in the fusogenic reaction. That's the only thing that can protect you. And then if you take ATP, the ATP also works in conjunction with the ivermectin and basically supercharges it. So, um, ATP is really freaking expensive. I'm taking it now. Um, other things that supposedly help too is things like taurine and that. So you want all these things. Don't leave anything on the table. If you can afford it, buy it. If you can't afford it, go ahead and steal it. It's okay now, apparently. Just look at San Francisco. <laughs> just walk in and grab it off the shelf. No worries. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So. so, but that's something we will all have to do basically for the rest of our lives by the sound of it. Is that? I don't know. I, I think. Unless we get that reversing jab. Well, so I think this, they were trying to do a, how can you say it? They were trying to do a limited biosphere collapse that would take all the people with weakened immune systems and pre-existing conditions kind of off the chessboard. Yeah, yep. Right. The, get rid of the weak. Right. Basically. So I think to they wanted very to. very coldly. Yeah. So I think they wanted to get all those people off and that's why, and 
you know, what happens when you fuse two cells together? Well, you do that enough times, you start a mutagenic process and you end up with turbo cancers, right? I mean, that's what cancer is, is that mm. the cells can't replicate properly. And what's happening if you keep spiking a cell membrane and it keeps letting everything in? Well, it's not just letting in, you know, well, one thing that it is letting in, we've already learned is the uh Dynabead paramagnetic nanoparticles that supposedly aren't in there, right? Yeah. Then you go and you find a document that says, yeah, this is exactly what this does. So bottom line is, um, yeah, if you got to steal the stuff, I, I'm, I'm a proponent of theft at this point. Go down to your local GNC or health <laughs> store and just steal the shit. I mean, or just try and steal it from Walmart first. They deserve it. Um, yes. Don't, don't oh, do your mom okay. and pops, you know? Yeah. No, no, no. So... Now let them steal it from Walmart for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, pay, or pay somebody to steal it. Somebody who's already in there stealing stuff. Say, hey, while you're in there, can I give you a list? <laughs> you know, just sit yeah. up in front of the Walmart with a Grab list and vitamins. 50 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people probably do it for you too. They don't care. You know, I mean, it's well, gotten that flippant lately. So, yeah, yeah, super flippant. As you say, it's, um, yeah, it's quite possible the, the first one was uh, just to, cut off the loose ends so to speak um yeah, actually I think they may be trying to restore the biosphere now with this reversing right treatment that they have which makes sense it makes more sense than what we've come across up until now so actually i think this is a good point where we could do uh bill and melinda would you want to do it <laughs> what in the hell <laughs> what's that about wow Go. this next one will really get their attention <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah. We'll leave it there. I think this is a good, a good place to um, end. We this do podcast have is going to really. It's, this podcast is going to get their attention. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when chaos reigns. Yes. Yeah, it's certainly raining. It's raining chaos. Maybe Thank just you again. peeing on a Russian bed. You don't know. <laughs> don't be a bigot. Don't pee on the dude's rug. <laughs> That's right. Definitely not. It really Pee ties the room together. We need to make a song, a folk song called Peeing on Putin's Rug. <laughs> 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 on that note, thank you, Rob, for joining us. It's been excellent. And thank you also, Ashley. Um, where can we find you, Rob, if you want to just give us a real quick rundown of your Black Labs podcast on Spotify. Sometimes I do some stuff on YouTube. Again, Black Labs podcast, B-L-A-Q-L-A-B-S podcast and uh, WTF. And uh, that's about it lately. So you're a busy man. So that is Black Labs, B-L-A-Q-L-A-B-S podcast. I highly recommend you go and sniff that one out. And on that note, we shall depart. Ashley, is there anything you would like to say before we hit that off button? No, I um, I am happy that I was here for this podcast. I really enjoyed it. So thank so you both. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. It was. All right. Well, Appreciate thank you, everyone, for listening. And we appreciate everything. And uh, it is time for us to leave. Thanks again. Bye, everyone. Bless you. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.
go, baby.